Welcome to the Practical Prospecting Podcast with your hosts, Jed Marley and myself, Maggie Bloom from the Mailshake team. We'll be talking about how to practically set up your outbound outreach game. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the episode of Shake Sales. Today we are going to be focusing on three tips to find warm leads. So Jed, to kick off the conversation, when do you typically go after warm leads? Like how do you prioritize that versus, you know, sourcing cold leads or things like that? Like when when's the right time to go after warm leads? Yeah, for sure. I think the the biggest thing is as an SDR account kind of executive when you're prospecting is having a list of what are my warmest leads and what are my coldest leads. And I think my favorite thing to do and, I, and what I've always coached on is start your day with the warm leads. And of course, you, if all you had was warm leads, you would just stay there, like like referrals, follow ups, you know, the hottest leads. You would obviously just spend your whole day on that. Of course, you can't, but you should prioritize your day based on the warmest leads first. So, for example. Any no-shows you have, you should prospect those first and then any referrals or follow-ups. And then once you've gone through those and you've built some momentum, then focus on the colder leads, like the new accounts you're bringing in. But yeah, that's when I'll go after warm leads, which is it's just the start of the day and especially when I need to like pick up some momentum. You know what I mean? If I've kind of been in a slump for a while, haven't been able to book a meeting, I'll go to kind of these warm lead plays that I have. Okay. So you kind of view it as like a mindset thing almost too. Like, hey, let me go after the warm leads in the beginning of the day. Feel like that could boost your confidence to kind of go after the the cold ones, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, you, like I said, you know, there's an endless amount of cold leads to go after, and you're only going to have so many warm leads. And the definition of that can be whatever you want, but in general, it's just people that might be more familiar with you, people that you have to follow up with, etc. And so you do have to make time for the cold leads. But at the end of the day, like you're going to have more momentum and confidence when you call those cold leads if you start with the warmer ones first. Yeah, totally. Might as well practice something early in the morning with people that you know that are already interested. And then once it comes back later in the afternoon with cold calling and reaching out to really cold leads, you already feel that momentum. You've gotten a lot of practice in already too. Cool. So, all right. I'm just going to list off the three tips. Jed and I are going to dive into them a little bit more, but the three tips, the first LinkedIn keyword search, second low-hanging fruit from your CRM, and then third, the connections of filters. So we will dive into each one of those. Jed, you want to kick us off with the first one? Yeah. So LinkedIn keyword search is super fun. Um, there's not going to be a ton of them, but it's something I like to look at every week. And so pretty much what you do is you find any keywords associated with you know your product or service that you sell. That can be the type of product it is. So for Mailshake, like sales engagement tools, it can be your competitors' names. It can be the problems that you solve. So for us, it would be like cold email, deliverability, sales engagement, and then all of our competitors' names. And then you put that into the LinkedIn search bar using a Boolean search. It's hard to explain what a Boolean search is if you don't know, <laughs> but just Google it. Basically, it's a way to search for more things specifically all at once. And mm -hmm. so what you're going to do then is filter it by posts in that LinkedIn search bar. And you'll get a list of all the latest posts related to keywords that are obviously closely related to your product or service. And so what you want to do then is use that to write personalized emails. So for example, and this actually used to happen to me all the time in my previous company when I sold e-signature software against DocuSign, we would find posts of people basically complaining about DocuSign. And that was a Ooh. home run email for us. We would just take that post and we would write them a personalized email and book the meeting. And so it's a way for you to kind of surface those 
basically semi inbound leads to people who are already talking about your product or service online. It's a way for you to surface them, find them, and then write personalized emails towards them. Oh, I love it. I do the same thing with hashtags. So it's not a Boolean search. I do like the Boolean search idea, but like if you just type in cold email, for example, in LinkedIn search bar, you can save that as a hashtag or sorry, you have to type hashtag cold email, but that has been awesome because it'll save at the bottom of your profile. So you don't have to search it either. But I think I like your idea too, because not everyone's going to put like, in your case, the last company you worked at hashtag DocuSign, like people won't think of doing that. So that actually like pulls in more information. So I would do both. I'm sure you're going to find like great posts on either way there, but sweet. Yeah. I love that idea because then you can also start engaging with those posts. Like you can start it with like that really, really soft touch of like, let me comment or engage with this post and then let me write them a personalized email. And this is where I have a question about this, Jed, like when you're actually writing an email after you see that post or comment from that person talking about like cold email, for example, with Mailshake, like how do you flow that into the email? Yeah, it's a tough question because there's it just depends on the context. And, and I'll give like the a recent example that Desanka had, uh, one of the SDRs on our team. So some guy made a post about an email template that he really liked. He got a cold email from like an SDR. He's like, this is awesome. And he was sharing it. And so Desanka took that email and she basically used that same framework that he was basically promoting and saying, this is awesome. He used that same framework and basically reached out and said, hey, whatever the prospect's name was, basically, have you ever had a rep write a cold email like this, talking about the one that he was referencing, only for it to land in spam? You know, what if you, so basically kind of leveraging Mm -hmm. that into what we do for deliverability by using the same framework. And so I, I guess the, the answer to your question isn't like super cut and dry because it just depends on the context. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a really easy one could just be like, hey, notice X, Y, Z comment on this post and then tying that in. Right. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah. to, to describe, but it just comes with practice and, you know, creative strategies like that. Again, if it's for us, like if we see people talking about a cold email they like, we'll just steal that type of like cold email framework and mm-hmm. use that for when we send our email and then tie it into, you know, taking a meeting with us. Yeah. And I think we have unique ways that we can do it. So anyone listening, I mean, there's going to be unique ways that your company is going to be able to do it too. But I like even the emails that I typically open, because I'm pretty picky about opening emails and also reading them and then responding to them. But once I actually open and read, and then obviously if they're relevant, but are like, Hey, I saw your comment on so-and-so's post. Cause then I think to myself like, okay, well, I cared about that post enough to comment on it. So I'm getting an email about it and they're going to relate it back. So like even just like calling it out, like, Hey, I saw you commented at least gets my attention. I'm sure it gets other people's attention too. But if you can go the extra mile, like I loved Desanka's approach on that, then that's always great too. Yeah, completely agree. Cool. All right. Second thing here, low hanging fruit in your CRM. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about this, Jed. Yeah. So this was one of my favorite ones when I was an SDR because we had a decent sized sales team. We had been around for a little while. And so it just kind of depends on where you're at. But basically the goal here is like, whatever you're struggling to connect with somebody on the phone, or you're just not getting too many replies to your email, go into your CRM or your sales engagement platform and create a report of anybody you've connected with on the phone, but did not book a meeting. So it's hard to describe this, you know, in an audio sense um, <laughs> without like having something visually to show. And it depends on your situation. But the way I did this is I would filter by sentiment 
and look for anybody that specifically I connected with, but I did not book a meeting with. And so typically in most sales engagement platforms, you can do this or in your CRM, you can do this. You can look for anybody you connect with, but didn't book a meeting. Depending on your rules of engagement as well, you can find this for any SDR who left the company. You can go find all the people that they talked to, but didn't book a meeting with. You can go to anybody who got promoted to account executive and ask them if you can go through their old leads. And so it may take a little bit of time to like figure out how to build the reporting. Um, but once you have this list of leads, these are all people who pick up the phone. So the connect rate is going to be a lot higher. And pretty much my opener would just be like, Hey, Maggie, you know, we were in touch a little, little while back. Um, this is Jed with Mailshake. Does the name ring a bell? And kind of use it as a warm intro and just leverage any of the notes or information from that previous call. And so again, like what you're looking for here is just to build momentum by calling people that are likely going to pick up the phone. And if you're assumptive and say like, Hey, you know, had a note to, to reconnect with you around this time. Again, sales is a transference of confidence, of assumptiveness. And so if you are assumptive on the phone, you're going to have a better chance of picking up or you know getting that meeting. But yeah, that's really the strategy. It's just calling people who have picked up the phone in the past. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. And I think like one thing you highlighted too. So for those of you listening on, like Jed said, it's it's going to be easier to just kind of follow along what's in the blog article to see how he exactly did it. But um, one thing that you mentioned is like, one of the most important skills you can have as an SDR is actually like learning how to use your CRM or like learning how to use your tech stack. And I think it's something that we often overlook because when you're an SDR, you're like, okay, cool. I'm new in this role. I'm just trying to learn, like, just kind of like fight through things. But like, I think that's also a really important skill to learn, but can you just highlight on like what you mean by that or like how someone in an SDR role can get better at working with these different tools? Yeah, look, I mean, this is just one example of how you can leverage your CRM or your sales engagement tool in your tech stack to book more meetings and find low-hanging fruit. There's tons of other examples out there. And so out of all the SDRs I manage or work with, pretty much all of them have been really strong with using the CRM or their tech stack. And so one of the easiest things you can do is just spend a few hours or spend a weekend even just really learning all the ins and outs of your tech stack. And it's going to automatically put you out of everybody else. And so, yeah, I think it's super underrated. If you don't really know how to build complex or, or reports in your CRM that are going to help you find better leads, you know, figure that out, work with your sales ops person, do some research. But yeah, that's, that's a huge part. Cause again, this is just one thing you can do. If you know how to use your CRM, it's one of my favorites, but there's plenty of other ways you can use your CRM to find warm leads. Yeah. And YouTube, Google, I'm sure people have so many different videos of like how to use a CRM or the same thing going back to like doing LinkedIn keyword searches. People love to brag about how they use their CRM. So just go in one of those places. I'm sure you'll be able to find a lot of info. All right. Last but not least, the connections of filter. So I know this is something that takes place in Sales Navigator, right, Chad? Yep. So this one requires Sales Navigator. It's probably my favorite filter in Sales Navigator because you can get really creative with it. But the idea here is to find people that are probably already familiar with you by finding connections of specific people. So one of my favorite examples is find you know your CRO, someone on your executive team, or just if there's somebody on your company that has a lot of LinkedIn clout, for example, find mm-hmm. them. And then you can use the connections of filter in Sales Navigator to find ideal prospects who are connected with them. Now, not all of them, of course, are going to know that person on a personal level, but they may be familiar with them because you know they're a CEO of a popular company or whatnot, or they have, like I said, a lot of clout on LinkedIn or whatnot. And so when you <laughs> shout out Sujin. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think in the example, this one, I, I think <laughs> yeah. Sujin. it's like forty thousand followers that we can feed off of. <laughs> exactly, and so like leverage that to your ability because if they're familiar with Sujin, they're probably familiar with Mailshake, and mm-hmm. so when I reach out and they see Mailshake, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I follow Sujin. Like, let me open this email." And so, and that's not going to be every case, but the idea here is that you're fishing in a better pond. You know what I mean? Because these are people that are likely more familiar with you. So that's one way you can use it. Another way you can use it too is like, look at your colleagues and what companies they came from. Like maybe you have colleagues who have a tighter network, like maybe only one or 2000 connections and they're not just connecting with anybody. Like Mm. maybe me and Maggie are. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, you know, look at their connections of, and then, you know, slack your colleague and say, Hey, can you introduce me to this person? I think they might be a fit. And they're probably more likely to know that person because they have a smaller network, you know? And then the last piece is to, if you have any good relationships with customers, look at connections of your customers and then reach out to your customers and say, Hey, do you mind if I use your name when I reach out to these people? I saw you're connected. So I figured you might be familiar. So there's just a lot of creativity you can use with it. Those are just three examples, but yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite one, Maggie. Yeah. And it's kind of like a virtual, like LinkedIn sales nav is giving us like a way to get like a virtual referral search engine kind of going on with that, which is cool. So it's, it does take out the work of like, instead of asking internally, like, Hey, do you know anyone that could benefit from Mailshake or anything? It's like, we have another episode on this where Jed goes through like his referrals and that's the way that he does it is like connections of, he makes that intro already. So it's really easy for if he was asking me as a colleague, like, Hey Maggie, I see you're connected with these people on the sales team. He's already doing that work instead of me trying to think off the top of my head of like a whole pool of salespeople I'm connected with. So I definitely love that one. But yeah, these are all just, you know, three great creative ways to get warm leads. And I also think like a lot of these, you know, can kind of be transformed like the Boolean search or connections of filter. I mean, those are also ways that you could start doing cold outreach with those. And we highlighted that a little bit too. It's like, maybe those are people that you have never been in contact with before, don't have like a really strong connection with, but at least it's kind of finding creative ways, which Jed is really good at doing to get those people in there. But yeah, any, like, I know you said this, these are some things that you prioritize at the beginning of the day. Um, You usually go after those people first, but yeah, like any other tips that you have for warm leads when reaching out to them? Yeah. So like, like we said, these are three different examples and there's tons of other, like there's tons of other ways to use the connections of filter. There's tons of other ways to use sales navigator. There's tons of other ways to find low hanging fruit in your CRM. And so what I would recommend doing is like master the fundamentals first, right? Like figure out Mm -hmm. how to consistently make X number of calls per day, emails and, you know, warm up the cold leads. But then after that, test out all these different strategies, see which one works for you. Like maybe people don't talk about your keywords that much on LinkedIn. So that one is not as relevant. Or maybe you just don't have anybody in your company who's connected with that many people. So try out these strategies and other ones. Maybe you hear on this podcast or on LinkedIn and whatnot, or come up with your own and then just basically save these somewhere and come back to them once a week. You know what I mean? Come back to them in the morning or when you're in a slump. But the idea here is just to test out different strategies see which one is the most effective for getting you meetings consistently, and then come back to it time and time again uh, on a consistent basis. Yep. Great point. These are three things that work for Jed, but maybe you're going to have a different way of using that or a different way of setting them up. So figure out what works for you there. But awesome. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode and three tips for warm leads um, here on Practical Prospecting. We will catch you next time. Bye. This was another episode of the Practical Prospecting Podcast. 
If you enjoyed yourself today, give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify podcasts. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Thank you.